Welcome to Q&A Selling Online with answers to questions about creating an online empire, promoting products, or building a brand. Your host, private label and e-commerce entrepreneur, Quinn Amorm. Welcome everyone to the show. Today we have an impressive entrepreneur, a top earning marketer, and a co-owner of Drip. We have with us Jason Brown. How's it going, Jason? It's a, I'm amazing, Quinn. How are you? I'm very good, man. I'm so happy to have you on the show. Absolutely. Happy to be here. For the people that don't know you, let's start with a quick introduction of kind of who is Jason Brown. Absolutely. Well, uh, first off, excited to be here with you guys. Second off, um, you know, I'm not great at talking about myself. So uh, here it goes. You know, look, I, I come from a small town. I'm actually 29 years old, born and raised in New Jersey. Didn't come from a lot of money, didn't come from an entrepreneurial background, uh, didn't come from an entrepreneurial family, and I didn't go to school for business. But somehow I ended up in the middle of the, the entrepreneur whirlwind, uh, been, been able to be a part of some massive um, behind the scenes constructions and consulting of eight and nine figure companies. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. So, you know, for me, really, I, I was always the guy who was hanging out with a small group of friends, playing video games, playing sports, mm. uh, not really too focused on what I wanted to do. I wasn't too focused on being a specific profession or being a firefighter or a lawyer or a doctor. That was never really anything that got me excited. I, in fact, it wasn't until I was probably 21, 22 that I even sat down and really thought about what I wanted to do with my life. But I uh, went to college, got my uh, communications degree, got my bachelor's in communication. Um, so that was fun. And from there, I kind of segued into the nightlife space, uh, owned it, uh, not owned, um, built a, a nightclub out of a restaurant that we took over in Atlantic City, New Jersey, turned that into the number one place to be on a Thursday night, moved into, night, moved into an actual nightclub. And uh, that was really my life before entrepreneurship. Um, 2013 is when I made that transition. So for the last six years, I've been, you know, full-time in either direct sales or traditional business or consulting. Nice. So right now we know you as like successful millionaire entrepreneur, but I know you weren't always like this. So at one point you were broke. Isn't that right? How yeah, broke that is were correct. You? <laughs> that is correct. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I, I took a leap of faith in 2013. Um, it was probably the beginning of the summer. Yeah, beginning of summer 2013, I was working out at a local gym and my personal trainer was in direct sales. And as we would go work out, he would always bring up, you know, how excited he was about the products and about what, what they were doing. And I didn't take him that serious. Honestly, I was pretty skeptical for a while. I you know, it was almost one of those things where it's in one ear and out the other and you don't, it's not even relevant until you take a closer look. So for me, it was four or five months. I was doing very well at the time. Probably the reason why I wasn't paying attention. I was making uh, about five figures a month, sometimes a little bit more, a little bit less. And as a 22-year-old, 23-year-old guy, that's pretty good money, right? Especially at that age. And so comes along the end of the summer, um, I remember one night at the nightclub, I had a dispute with one of the other managers. And I, at that point, I was just so drained as well because I was working, you know, 12 to uh, mostly 12 to 14 hours a day, four, five, six days a week. And 
I realized that time was more valuable than money. And once I got in that little altercation, I said, you know what? I need to go find out what Justin is doing because I need to change. I need something different. And at this point, I'm coachable. Let's do it. So we sat down, we talked, and he kind of explained to me that companies are just rerouting marketing dollars instead of, you know, billboards, magazines, radio, which nobody's really paying attention to anymore anyway. And also, you know, the, the YouTube ads that everybody's trying to skip past. Um, you know, it, we're transitioning into a different way of marketing. Um, and, and it's all social like this, like, like a podcast and um, social media, et cetera, et cetera. And so it made sense. I said, cool, I'm in. And that's when it all began. I actually left the nightclub, left the income and uh, went fully submersed because I'm the type of person that when I do something, it's 100% or it's zero. There's no very little fine line in any decision that I've ever made in my life. So everybody thought I was crazy, um, in, except for me, really, and Justin, my friend. But um, the first few months, I did very well. Uh, I got, in, got into that deal um, thinking that I would be able to get to a six-figure income the five figures a month very, very fast within 90 days. Um, and in the beginning it was working, but there was still a lot that I had to do as a leader, a lot that I had to do as an entrepreneur to realize what it takes to be your own boss. That's like getting up early, staying up late, right? <laughs> These little disciplines that, that you learn over time. And so um, I'd say it was about two and a half years in to the journey. Um, I had made my decision, so there was no turning back. The ships were burned. Uh, but at that point, I was 25 years old. I was $70,000 in debt. Student loans were about 45,000. I had taken out various credit cards over those two first two, two and a half years, um, including a $10,000 card that I co-signed with my mom. So that was full. And, uh, you know, I was really feeling the pressure to some extent on the financial side, but on the mental and personal growth side, I was killing it, right? I was not the person who I was. And I just felt like my breakthrough was coming, but it is relatively embarrassing to anybody, no matter what, when you go from, you know, 22, 23 years old, you know, doing very well nightclub scene, which is all about status. And, you know, people, people think you're cool if you do stuff like that. Right. Then going back to living with my parents Right. Having them sometimes help me out on things like the car payment, um, things like going out with my friends and really trying to piece together the right opportunity to go to the next level. And so uh, I'd say that is really where if you could pinpoint, you know, one specific moment where I was at the lowest point, it was it was right in that moment. Mm -hmm. So you say when you go into something, you go all in. So does that mean you have a strong ability to focus on things? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Are you, are you afraid of failing? No, not at all. I actually, one of the biggest things that I, I have absorbed in this almost six years of, you know, being in business is just how much I actually love adversity, right? How much I love opportunities to fail. It's something that I literally almost look for. And, you know, even though I'm surrounded by entrepreneurs, it's a very hard skill to develop, uh, to fall in love with adversity, but it's really where I've become who I am. Yeah, it's, it's not uh, easy to find somebody that actually thrives in a, a bit of chaos and 
And maybe that's why you're you're thriving now because that's what entrepreneur life is like, right? Big time. And there's no, there is zero way to get around it um, through the last few years, uh, even though my specific uh, business and then now my traditional business have both gone through moments of adversity, moments of, of magic, um, drastic change in some people's eyes. Uh, the fact that I have been around the right people and I have realized the importance of failure, it's allowed me to really keep my composure in those moments and keep a clear head when everyone else is running around emotional during that adverse moment or a moment of failure. Um, I have developed the ability to remove the emotion, identify it first, and then remove the emotion from that scenario so we can look at you know, cognitive and realistic solutions because that's what's, that's what's developed there. So through those hardest moments is where I've been able to position the right people to go out and succeed. And, and obviously you win as, as an entrepreneur by developing people around you, not just by developing yourself. Absolutely. And so what kind of businesses are you into today? So um, I like to consider myself extremely diverse. Um, before I answer that question, I, I think, you know, I, I'm trying to nail down, like, what is my real specialty? And number one, I'm really good at, at looking at things for what they are or looking at maybe somebody's idea and then perfecting that. So part of what I do is, is a consulting side of things. The other part is I believe that I'm a catalyst. I have this mindset that if I walk into a room, I can add value. If I walk into any boardroom or, or any decision-making scenario that I can create insight. Um, so that has led me, those abilities have led me to some amazing, amazing opportunities. One of them uh, is a network marketing company, direct sales company that I've been a part of now for almost four years. Uh, me and my business partner, uh, Matt generate anywhere from eight to ten million dollars in sales per month, uh, which has led us to the top ten um, in the whole world of direct sales in in monthly earnings. So that's been an absolute blessing. Uh, we've been able to impact literally hundreds of thousands of people at this point, um, and it's a it's a trading education company. So we're not physically selling a product. We're not you know recruiting. We're just bringing customers to the company, and they can plug into the education and really learn. Uh, how to how to position themselves in the uh, trading markets, whether it's crypto or foreign exchange. So that's that's a big part of what I do. Um, but I've also partnered up with a great team of friends and and just a great team of young hustlers, young entrepreneurs, and we developed a brand called Drip. And this is something that I'm also super excited about because what we've started to do uh, is open clinics um, and and wellness centers. Uh, right now, only in the U.S. Um, we'll have by the end of the next 30 to 60 days, we should have 15 operating actual centers where people can come in and take their health to the next level. Uh, we develop, you know, different IVs. So people come in and, and everything we do starts with intravenous. So we get direct into the bloodstream and we can help you with hydration maybe deficiencies, vitamin deficiencies, mineral deficiencies, et cetera. Um, but also different programs that can help people with fatigue, help people that want to sleep better, uh, help people that want to lose weight or just help people that want to get better energy. So that's a big thing that we're working on because, you know, just oral supplementation, it's effective, but it's not as effective. And just intravenous supplementation is effective, but it's not as effective. So, you know, bringing all that together and, and really helping people optimize uh, is what we do there. 
Um, and then I'm, I'm, I've invested and I have consulting positions in a few other companies as well. Uh, one of them is an app that I can't talk about yet, but uh, we're, mm. we're getting ready to release it in the next 30 to 60 days. And it's going to really bridge a gap between influencers and their following. So I'm excited and very, very optimistic there. And I also partnered with uh, a company called Champ Energy. Um, we created a extremely healthy energy drink um, that's now uh, in an NHL arena as the official drink. And uh, we're starting to really make some progress with that too. So quite a few things on the plate, but they're all they're all impact-based. And that's that's what I really focus on, things that can make a change, not just make money. No, that's pretty impressive. And uh, before I continue over to, to your story, um, you talked about drip. You said it's actually IV. So explain more a little bit how this works. So this is, of course, all with medical and science related, right? It's not just you walk in and it's like yeah. going to the bar and you get a drink into your, <laughs> into no, your arm. No, not that. We're not that crazy. No. Um, you know, it's, it's really, it's really unbelievable. I, I was introduced to this by a good friend of mine about now it's been about two years and I had never, I had never really thought about it this way, but how, this is how he explained it. He said, look, if someone is dehydrated, if somebody passes out at a baseball game or whatever, what, what do they do, right? They go into an ambulance or they go to the hospital and you see them with an IV. Right now, my aunt, she's battling cancer and she goes and gets IVs to, to give her what? More energy, more hydration. And so the, the, the science behind it and the ideology behind it is that drinking water is great, okay? Drinking water, will you, it's necessary, but that's like gasoline. You all, a car runs on two things, gasoline and oil, right? And so this is how I like to position it, that saline, sodium chloride, right, that comes from salt, Himalayan sea salt, that is what helps hydrate the, the tissue, the organs, the, the cells. So that's the science behind it is that everything we do starts with a saline bag, and then we add different vitamins and minerals that can target specific things that you might need. If you're looking for energy, then we use, you know, B-complex, B12, and an assortment of assortment of other um, minerals and vitamins. So that's the ideology behind it, but everything is intravenous. So uh, just like, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like needles. It's a quick pinch, hook it up. We've created a really cool environment, comfortable environment uh, where people come and come with your friends, hang out, you know, go out. If, if it's a group of girls, come in. And instead of just hanging out and grabbing a cup of coffee, come in and, and get out of these and take your health to the next level while you're having fun, you know, out with your friends. So there's there's a little bit uh, of a deeper deeper dive. Yeah, it's fascinating. I'm, I'm guessing you have to do a bit of training the customer uh, because they're not aware of this as it's something brand new. I'm guessing. Yeah, we you know, luckily for us, we are hitting the very beginning of a, of a mega trend um, with IV therapy. It's it's getting pretty big. Um, I know the Kardashians. Everybody, you know, it's like this huge TV show. And uh, I know that they either used to get IVs frequently or they got IVs on the show at least once or twice. Um, it was also uh, on the show Billions um, that they either owned IV clinics or they, they were, you know, correlated with them. And to be honest, some of our biggest and most consistent clients are um, actors, very well-known comedians, like household names, um, artists, like rappers, hip-hop artists, stuff like that, athletes household name people that 
understand that they need energy to be fully functioning. And, uh, that, that's a big, you know, a big, big space for us. Um, but the education part is important. Um, and that's something that we're really driving home with this brand drip, uh, is that we want to educate people on why you need something like glutathione or why you need something like zinc or, you know, why you need, you know, vitamin B in this form. So that way they prioritize it. And, and you, I mean, it's crazy, but you do see a difference, which is pretty, pretty unbelievable. I'm picturing almost like when we go to Vegas and you could go to the oxygen bar. So you get a bit of energy and they give you more oxygen. So I'm kind of picturing it like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the other thing too, is some people um, coincide the idea of hangover, right? So when we talk about IVs, people are like, Oh, it's the hangover thing. And I think that's really where it kicked off for the most part, especially in Las Vegas um, because people are not only hydrated, but they're hydrated and, hungover. Um, so that is where it started, but we've, we've along with some other companies that are doing it, we're not the only company um, that's doing it, but we've, we've started to broaden the spectrum. We actually partnered uh, with one of the largest um, integrated medicine doctors in the entire United States um, who is helping us put together what we're putting out to the people. So it's, it's backed by some super credible people and, and a lot of research as well. For you to go from from where you were and you said seventy thousand in debt to to where you are now, uh, did you have to set some goals? And if you did, let us know kind of how it worked. Uh, how do you set your goals? Is it a year, five years? Do you write them on paper, or what do you do? Yeah, I, this is one of my favorite topics. Is is just goals in general because you know I've always been a little bit different. Uh, it's actually crazy sometimes when I sit and I look at what I've done mechanically to get from where I was to where I'm at now. Um, and of course, in my position, one of the biggest things that I love and my biggest passion for sure is leadership, coaching and training. I love developing people. So I have to be able to dissect what I've done to genuinely speak about it and then, you know, go deliver it to them in a, in a way that they can not only dissect, but apply. And so I love goals because a lot of what is talked about in the goal setting arena is relatively the same, right? We hear things like, Oh, you can go, well, a goal has to be visual for sure. Right. You have to be able to look at it first um, or, or be able to create a perception before you go take action. So you know what you're creating because we do have the ability to create a goal should be written down so you can look at it and read it back to yourself and take that, you know, f- photographic image and really embrace it. Um, I, I have a lot of friends who follow Bob Proctor and he sets gold cards, right? And you, you could create a gold card that you carry around in your wallet. I've seen people put in their phone case. I am so happy and grateful now that I am blank by blank, blank, blank. I got to be honest. I've never created a dream board. I've written down my goals for sure. Um, but I've more focused on the reverse engineering part of goal setting because I think number one, where a lot of people get stuck. We're going to have fun with this, Quinn, because this is like my, I love this. And I've actually really talked about this publicly, but it's something that I teach my leaders and, and everybody loves it. But I think one of the issues, you know, we look at percentages in almost anything. You, you've got these statistics like 95% of people uh, on the left side of the cash flow quadrant, 5% of people on the right, or, you know, 5% of people make it to this, or, or this is the top 5%. And 
you know, in a lot of in a lot of professions and verticals and industries, there's such a big divide between the top performers, the elite elite, and everybody else. And I I just try to embrace why and I why and and I'm I feel like I'm the guy who can really talk about this because I came from you know the the point zero zero one to the, on the one side to make it to the point zero zero one zero zero one maybe on the on the other side. Um, so it's not about environment. It can't be, it can't be about what you're born into that can help you, but some people are born into money and they destroy it. So it, it can't be about that. What does it have to be? And to me, number one, I think most people are setting goals. They believe they can achieve, right? I was in Slovenia doing a leadership training for about 13 people three years ago. And I had this massive breakthrough as I'm training them on goals. And this changed the way that I thought about things for forever. And I, I was going around and I was asking them, okay, what, what is your goal in the next, let's say it's 30 days. Where do you want to be? Okay. Uh, here they give me a, an income level. And as I was doing it, I, I, I didn't see any intimidation. I didn't see much thought. I didn't see much fear at all. And so I realized that by the time I got down the line, they were all setting goals that didn't scare them, that didn't intimidate them. So mm -hmm. I went back around. I said, does that scare you? Does that scare you? And, and at, only one guy said yes. So what I did was I started to double and triple their goals. And, and I was watching their reaction where, where a guy would tell me, I want to get to $500 a month in my trading account. And, and I said, well, good. You're going you're gonna to go for 2000 in that same period of time. We're going we're gonna to stretch that goal. So I call it stretching. We're going to stretch that goal to a place where now you're far beyond what you would normally settle for. Because if we set goals we believe we can achieve, we do it on a subconscious level so that we feel good about it, right? Everybody's trying to feel good about these little wins that they can get. These, you know, like I call it like the layup, right? Versus shooting the three-pointer because one is hard and one is a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe that one thing that can take you to the next level, if you're watching this right now and you're, you're really trying to break through, I believe the one thing that can take you to the next level is stretching your goals, finding the date, okay, because you need to be specific on a deadline. So, you, so now you can reverse engineer, meaning start at the end of the goal like you've achieved it and go figure out how you got there. Right. A lot of people will set a goal, but they can never dissect what it feels like to achieve it. So when I wanted to get to, you know, half half a million dollars a month in income, that because that was one of my goals at one point that I made a reality. When I wanted to do that, I had to go to the back end and say, okay, now I'm making half a million dollars a month. What did I do? What, what was what? What type of leader did I have to be? What? How did I dress? How did I walk? How did I talk? What type of information would I need to deliver? Because it was so important to feel it, to to make it my reality first, and then go actually make it a reality, right? And just really embrace it because I think the the our ability as humans to create and to understand, even if we've never been in that scenario is super impressive and it can be used to your favor. Right. Really like that. We imagine that we are where we want to be and, and then reverse engineer it. How about, uh, do you think that, uh, it could be negative, have a negative effect if somebody is imagining too big and then they kind of scare themselves out of it because and they deep down know they can't get there? Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought this up because this is another piece to what I teach people is that 
you need to really get this big umbrella perspective. It, it is important to stretch yourself to a place that it not only is intimidating, but it's also reachable, right? You, you have to have realistic goals as well. But what, what often is realistic is not what we go for. We go up for making, we go for what makes us comfortable. And so I'm, I'm just trying to challenge people to push a little bit further, but keep the focus here. Here's the secret right here. And if you ask me, what's the secret? And you, you heard me speak for the last five years and I've spoken 42 countries, probably 2000 events. If you heard me speak, the first thing that I talk about before any of this is the importance of consistency because you, you have to now reverse engineer what you need to do down to a day-to-day method of operation, a day-to-day goal sheet, a day-to-day what I need to do before I go to sleep and feel good about myself, you know, line up. And that's how you keep yourself in the game, even when things aren't in your favor. That, that's how you keep yourself in the game, even when your goals are scary, intimidating, crazy. I set a goal when I first got into entrepreneurship that I wanted to be worth, uh, what I say? 10 mil by the age of 30. And I was 23 years old. So I gave myself seven years to have a $10 million net worth. And two and a half years in, I was negative negative 70,000. All right. And, And a lot of people may have set a similar goal, but got intimidated about where they were. But I was excited about the compound effect that if I kept hitting it every single day, eventually I would make up a lot of ground. And I do believe that by the age of 30, I'll be very close to that goal. So I just tell you that I, I think if you're good and you understand it, this stuff works. Yeah, I, I really like that. And the fact that you mentioned the compound effect, which is something that, that fascinates me. And like um, Warren Buffett is a big fan of the compound effect since he was a kid. One of the things that made him who he is today. Yep. So, yeah. And a lot of successful people as well. A lot. Yeah. So keep building and increasing small, small percentages. And at the end, they will all blow up. Uh, Facts. In a one, one, thing that I, one thing that I always tell people, Quinn, is that if you can, I'll give you this example. If you can build it in a day, you can lose it in a day. So if you could build it in a blank or if you can get it in a blank, you could lose it in a blank. So how, how fast you build something doesn't always impress me right? Especially in like direct sales, network marketing, trading, when people come in and they get these crazy results super fast, I'm like, I'm not impressed. I got to be honest. I'm more impressed by someone that can build something consistently over time. Even if it takes you a year longer to get to the same place as me, I'm more impressed because it's going to take you that equally as long for that to disintegrate back to nothing. People who build things like that over time, like Warren Buffett, he's taken losses, but it would take him another hundred years of just fail, fail, fail for that to disintegrate. So yeah. I wanted to throw that in there because I think that's important to understand. So when you you were at uh, over 40 countries speaking, kind of what what is the topic that the people hire you to talk about? Well, a lot of those speaking engagements have been correlated with my company, uh, the, the sales company. So I go and I talk and I, but a lot of it is leadership. I, I'd say 90% of what I do is get in the locker room with the people that want to, the people that want to do the marketing and the people that want to grow as leaders in the organization. And I, I really get in the trenches, right? I call it the locker room where we're, we're going to be real and raw behind the scenes. And uh, I talk about, 
things like consistency, things like awareness, things like energy, being a producer versus being a consumer, um, solving problems. I mean, uh, solving problems instead of focusing on them, creating solutions. So I've created this agenda that I like to speak on and I talk about goal setting and mindset and all these things so I can basically program somebody in 45 minutes to an hour to now become a better version of what they were when they walked in. That's really, really good. So uh, I checked your Instagram and I saw something which was Jason Brown standing next to Les Brown. And I really look up to Les Brown. How did that happen? Well, actually, see, I've always, I've always admired Les. I've actually, I, I, I don't take uh, admiration. It's a good word. I don't take admiration to many people in the personal development space. Uh, but I do take admiration to some at a very high level because I think you can get caught up in a lot of hype and you can also have a lot of false mentorship coming from too many people. But less is always someone that I look up to. So one night I'm sitting on my couch and uh, the, the night was coming to an end. I think I was just answering some messages on Instagram or something like that. And uh, the CEO of my company, who's also my mentor, uh, the guy who changed my life, he FaceTimed me. Normal. We talk almost every day. I pick up the FaceTime and it's not him. It's Les Brown. And I was like, I was like, I was like shocked. I'm like, like yeah. what? Did you, did you think was, it was an app? <laughs> no, I knew it was him because he was like, look who I'm with. And, and I'm like, how are you guys together? So uh, long story short, they got connected and um, he hired Les to speak at our company event. And so I was one of the moderators, one of the hosts of a, a big, like eight to 10,000 person event. And my parents were there. Uh, they got to hear less and less did a, a 45 minute, about an hour long keynote actually. And I got to spend some time backstage with him. And right before, actually I spoke right before him and right before he went up, I said, Les, we need to take a picture, man. Cause this, this is like once in a lifetime opportunity. So it was really cool um, to just be there in the presence realize he is a real human being that's done some really incredible things man that's so so good so how do you stay how do you stay humble that's a big thing and it's really my biggest focus um i don't i it, let me let me answer the question like this because uh when you start talking about you know beliefs and spirituality and stuff like that some people get freaked out so when i talk about spirituality it has nothing to do with religion or what i believe in um but at the end of the day I do understand that there's something bigger and I do fear consequence of not making the right decisions. Uh, I do fear consequence of, you know, not doing the right thing. Um, and I feel obligated more than anything to make an impact with my time here. Uh, the fact that I've been able to get a monetary reward, the fact that I've been able to have these amazing things, in my life, the fact that I've been able to help retire my parents, and I think I've, I've had them on almost a five-figure a month payroll for, you know, whatever, whatever it is. I don't know. They don't work for me, but I've got them on payroll for the last two and a half years. Um, the ability to, you know, just have the freedom financially to be, a, be, be my own creator and have no stress about money. It keeps me very humble because I understand that I'm, I'm special. I, I get that. Right. I understand that I've been, I've been put in a position for one reason or another uh, to have influence. And I want to do the right thing with it because a lot of people look up to me. A lot of people follow me. 
um, thousands and thousands of people just on Instagram and Facebook alone. And I just feel obligated to show them the right way to become successful because arrogance, um, it's sometimes appealing to young, young people, 18, 19, 20 year olds. We have some influencers, um, who I don't want to knock, but uh, they're, they're on social media cursing a lot. Um, you know, using different tactics to get people screaming and yelling. And I think all that stuff wears off over time because there's still a level of professionalism uh, that a leader should have. And, and I don't, not that it's not working. It works for some people, but um, I do believe that the minute you start, uh, the minute you rise above in your head, because you never rise above anybody in, in the real grand scheme of things, right? We're, we're all the same. We're all equal. And, and honestly, tomorrow I could lose everything. Uh, but the minute in your head, you're better than everybody else. The minute in your head that you are untouchable, that's really the moment where I've seen great people fall. And I know that for me, I don't need the spotlight. I don't need the uh, recognition to feel good about myself, right? I just need good people in my life who believe in me and encourage me. And, um, and I'm, I'm motivated to continue to go because everything I do is impact based. So it all comes full circle. And that's what I would tell anybody who's watching this that wants to do something significant, find a way to make a change, find a way to make an impact. And it might sound a little bit corny, but I'll tell you what, the lifestyle that I have is not corny. And the things that I've been able to do and the people I've been able to help is it's not corny whatsoever. It's just about being a good person and, and actually finding a way to take this person from where they are and, and helping them advance. I really like what I hear and I see that people are like that as well because on Instagram alone, you're reaching 100,000 followers. So for the people that are listening to us right now and they like what they heard, where can they find you? Yeah, right now um, on Instagram, I don't know when this is going to air, uh, but I'm, I'm, I have a friend that's pending a name change on Instagram. So right now my Instagram is jasonbrown.official. I'm very active. I don't have anybody run the Instagram for me. I'm on there. I, I answer as much as I possibly can. Um, so that is the best place. And I love the platform because I get to look inside the lives of people that I look up to. Um, people that look up to me get to look inside of my life and I'm in my stories and in my posts, I'm coaching and mentoring people through my content. And I'm also using my stories to show a real lifestyle of someone that's really, you know, truly humble, grounded, balanced, et cetera, et cetera. So Jason Brown official, if the name changes, I, I'm going to try to take over that tag and reroute you, but it'll be the letter J Brown. So you find me on Instagram if you search, and uh, I believe that's the best place. Awesome. And I'll put it on the show notes. And if it changes, just let me know, Jason, and I'll update the, the show notes with uh, the newest tag. Absolutely. Well, if it changes, it'll be in the next couple of days, so I will keep you posted. And I appreciate the opportunity to be on here with you, Quinn. No problem. It's my pleasure, and uh, it was a really, really big pleasure. So, Jason, we'll stay in touch. I follow you on Instagram, so I'll, I'll yeah. keep up with your story. I got to follow you back, man. We got to, we got to stay connected. So yes, sir. Thanks guys. Hey everyone. Just a quick update right after the show. I talked to Jason and he got awarded the Instagram tag that he wanted. So it is at J Brown. That's it. At J Brown. It just got easier. So check it out on Instagram at J Brown and you'll be able to contact Jason directly there.